I don't mean amen, I mean please be seated. You got that one right. Don't you just hate it when somebody makes an outrageous statement? When someone, for instance, points at herself and says, I'm the one, I'm it, I am the greatest. Or when somebody stands before us personally or in commercial or billboard and says, buy my product and your life will change as never before. Or somebody stands up and says, send me $100 and we will send you a prayer cloth that will ensure that God hears and answers positively every single prayer you offer. Or I'm going to save the country, a politician will say. I'm going to do it all, and it's for your benefit and probably the benefit of the world too. I won't raise your taxes either. Seems excessive, doesn't it? It believes, but makes it seem like us, to us, that it is outrageous. Very much so. And then, and then along comes Jesus, and he has a statement that I am which means I'm God, and I am the way, the truth, and the life. I would count that as outrageous, that it is tough to believe, especially because Jesus says, I and I alone am the way to find God. I'm the truth, the ultimate truth, that will lead you to life. I mean real life, Jesus says. Such a statement comes from either one who is a lunatic, a liar, or the Lord. That's what it boils down to. An outrageous claim, especially because it is excessive to the minds of many, that I, Jesus said, I'm the one, I am the only. And we can either reject it or believe it. We can either count it as outrageous off the truth, saying way too much, or something else. Maybe with doubts, maybe with firm conviction. I am, Jesus said, the way. The context for this was shortly before he died, the night before Good Friday. When he had gathered his disciples together, he prayed for them, and he prayed for all of us down through the ages, the great prayer, we know that Jesus prayed himself. And then he turned it and said to Peter, I'm go- you're going to deny me three times very shortly. And he said, I'm not going to be with you very much longer. And Thomas, speaking up really for all of them, no doubt, said, well, where are you going? And if you're going, how are we going to know the way? And to that Jesus began to bring into focus what his whole life had been about, what he was about to do. They needed to know at that point, for all the doubts, for all the concerns they had, he made this outrageous statement, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That they could hold on to that amidst all the terrible things in their minds that were soon to happen. I am the way to God. That's what Jesus said. Understand, that is outrageous because it is exclusive. I'm the one, he says. 
I'm the only one if you want to find God. In fact, as we heard as that gospel reading unfolded, he said, the Father and I, we're together. If you haven't seen the Father, you've seen me, and so you've seen the Father. I'm the way to him. Today, that would be a hard sell, don't you think? Maybe for us. Certainly for many, many others, that's a tough call to embrace a lot to swallow that Jesus and he alone can connect us to God himself. It being a hard sell, we could think in general terms of saying, you know what, there's lots of ways to do lots of things. I mean, you can cut your lawn this way or that. You can buy this product or that. You've got a lot of choices and they all are going to lead to keeping your body alive. You can find many ways to get to Indianapolis, Chicago, or other places. There's more than one way to do just about anything, from cleaning to mathematics. I mean, talk to my grandchildren and how they figure out a math problem. I have no idea, but they can come up with the right answer. Many ways to do many things. There seems to be nothing that can't be done more than one way. And it bleeds over, it also is seen in religion. That is, in various world religions around us. I mean, we're all headed toward God, right? We all want to connect with Him. And there's a lot of different religions that tell us this way, that way, and the other way. And and after all, we're all headed toward the same being, whatever. There's lots of different ways. It was some time ago that in preparation going on a mission trip to Wales that I needed to get a visa. Had a passport and needed a visa. And the closest place I could get it was to go to Michigan. So not knowing where it was, I got out MapQuest on my computer and I charted out, it charted out a path and we followed it. We ended up at a marina in Michigan. So then we got out the GPS, you know, the old one that plugs into the the lighter in uh, the car, and it took us, I don't know where anymore, don't remember. And then we looked at the phone's GPS, and we got there. But two out of three led us somewhere different. And of the countless kind of ways there are to get from here to there, from us to God, who knows where we're going to be led, really. True or not so true? There's going to be forks in the road, and it won't be just a matter of two possible places to go, but many. And they don't all lead the same place. They won't all get us to God. Not every direction you take is like that. But Jesus says, I am the way, the right way, the only way. It's a hard saying, it's exclusive, and it is outrageous. I used to wish, I, I, I wish, even prayed, that I wished I would have been alive and lived when Jesus was here on earth. I could imagine, and I wished that I had been there to listen to him, to get to know him maybe even, but to listen to him for sure and observe him, what he did and, and what he said. I just thought that would be great. And to a degree, I do still. But, but then the light went on for me and said, you know, 
that would have been very hard not to see him, but to listen to his claims, especially these exclusive claims of which this of all the I am statements seems to be the most pointed, the most absolute, the most, if you will, outrageous. But I have learned. I have learned what many people still want to know, that Jesus is the way and that he is the truth. That is the truth. He is. Another exclusive and outrageous claim so many understandings, so many different views, probably as many views as there are people in the world today. Convictions, a little bit or a lot, hard and fast conviction. It's overwhelming. Do you remember what happened with Jesus when he was on trial? He stood before Pilate, and Pilate, either out of exasperation or out of searching, said to Jesus, what is truth? He seemed not to know, or at least to play the part of not knowing. He wanted to know the truth. Today, everybody has their truth. You know how that saying goes? It's my truth. This is what I believe to be so. Not just in this situation, but absolutely. This is truth for me. It may not be truth for you, but you know, sometimes we think, you really ought to accept my truth. And sometimes we, and certainly others, would push us toward their truth. And truth for me becomes absolute. Jesus cuts through all of that and definitively says, I am the truth. Now understand, you got to understand this. There is no objective way to prove that Jesus is the way and the truth. I mean, we can listen to him, and he has told us so. And, and the words are there for us to look at, listen to again and again. But you know what that is? That's circular logic. I'm the greatest guy in the world. How do I know? Ask me. And that, in effect, is what Jesus said. And, but it really is objective, and outside of anything else, doesn't help. Faith is the only thing. Faith is the bottom line. Only faith sees and embraces Jesus as the way and the truth. Do you remember Easter evening? The disciples were together and Jesus appeared. But Thomas wasn't there. And he said, you know what, unless I see and feel the marks of Jesus, know that, that he's really alive, I'm not going to believe. And he got that. But then ever since, as Jesus declared then in follow-up, he said, blessed are those who have not seen, but yet believe. We've not seen, we can't see Jesus right here, right now. But blessed are those, because seeing is no longer believing for us. Believing is seeing. Seeing the truth as well as the way. That's why the writer to Hebrews could write, in the opening of chapter 11, faith is the conviction of things not seen. Not seen at all. We've got to take that leap of faith. And the Holy Spirit nudges us, and sometimes even more, to take the leap of faith. And then we can hear and listen and embrace Jesus is the way and the truth. And ultimately, 
the life. People ask, they wonder, and rightly so, what is the meaning to life? And sometimes overtly or subconsciously, that's what life seems to be all about. People looking for the, the, the key, the magic in their minds. And they go searching, many of them do. Trying this, trying that, and all the others. And sometimes it's endless. And many times it's pointless or ends in futility. Looking for the right answer, so many become exhausted, confused, and even misled. But sooner or later, many people come up empty and maybe even conclude there is no way, there is no truth, there is no life. But then comes Jesus. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. He showed us life in himself. He gives us life, he says, in me, I've come to give you life. And not just physical existence, but he said life in all of its fullness. Some things you can't automatically, naturally, by yourself experience. I'm the one. In me is life. Life to the full. How great is that? Fulfillment in every way. Peace, security, meaning, confidence everything we long for, everything we ultimately need, everything that matters in Jesus. Listening to him, trusting him, following him, being like Jesus. To move beyond ourselves, which is so natural. Move beyond us as being the center, moving beyond us as the source of all these things to find in Jesus the answers. Do you know, the word outrageous that I've used a number of times. Usually got a negative bent, doesn't it? It usually means something shocking, something bad and excessive. But look in the dictionary. I did. And there's another meaning. Outrageous can also mean bold, unusual, startling. That's Jesus. That's his outrageousness in what he has said who he is, the way, the truth, and the life. You know, I've seen it again and again when people are sick, even very sick, when people are in the midst of uprisings and at their wits ends because of personal or broader kinds of crises. And certainly as they face death, they're looking for the way. They're looking for truth. They're looking for life. And gratefully, many find it and repeat it and own it, if as never before, in Christ and Christ alone. It all comes together. Jesus makes it clear. And it's not just a matter of theory. It's not just a matter of proposition for our heads in a general kind of way to know. But it's a truth to be embraced. Jesus, the one to be embraced. God himself sent and enabled our faith by the power of the Holy Spirit. I mean, this is Trinity Sunday. It all comes together in Jesus. It's fundamental and it is vital in the name of that triune God. Amen.